Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live. And uh, as promised, folks, we have a fantastic guest here. We have Stephen Strang uh, joining us again. Uh, it's been, a, uh, I think, a couple of years since we've had you on, Stephen. Thank you uh, for joining us again, and welcome to the program. Well, thank you. It's a privilege, and I think it's only been about a year. Only about a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you, uh, your last book was God and Donald Trump. That's right. And I remember the program, and I just so admire everything that you do. Well, you're just very kind. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, and we're going to have the Mutual Admiration Society here today <laughs> because here you are, founder of Charisma Magazine, an award-winning journalist, entrepreneur, businessman. You've written so many uh, books, founder and CEO, uh, Charisma Media, as, as well as Charisma Magazine. Uh, you're in ministry today. You've got um, the, the Spanish magazine, Vida Cristiana, uh, Christian, you know, just all kinds of uh, things. You're really, really doing the Lord's work. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And now your latest book, and it's odd here, the uh, the book you have now, I just got through laying Trump out here because uh, it's President's Day, and I went through the last six presidents from Reagan on up to Trump. And uh, <laughs> while I admire uh, so much about Trump, you know, you get into a, um, I guess what you would call the expectations game. You, you have, we have very, very high expectations, uh, from some people and, you know, somebody like Obama, uh, Clinton, and even to a certain degree, the Bushes, you, the, the expectation is not high, but you know, with Reagan, the expectation was really, really high. And with Trump, the expectation is off the charts high. Well, let's think about why. It's because Reagan followed Jimmy Carter, which his presidency was a disaster almost any way you can measure it. Yes. And also the way the country's been going, it seems like things are getting worse and worse and we needed a disruptor. Uh, Donald Trump is not perfect. He's the first to admit it. And, yes. Uh, in fact, I had someone explain to me that from the Jewish perspective, uh, rabbis uh, will teach that people in leadership should have a flaw mm -hmm. because then they kind of want to redeem themselves and they'll do something great. Mm -hmm. If you put in a goody two shoes in there, they yeah. just think everything's <laughs> wonderful. And it's almost like Trump is trying, in my opinion, trying to redeem himself from all the awful things he did yeah. up through his lifetime. And of course I document all this and got in Donald Trump and to a lesser extent in Trump aftershock. Mm -hmm. And he is not perfect. And I've been on all kinds of programs, MSNBC, everybody else, and they always want to know how can Christians who believe in the Bible, um, you know, back somebody like Donald Trump? And I said to Allison Camarado, I said, well, first of all, I'm glad you're quoting the Bible. They never <laughs> quote the Bible. You know, it's like someone said, Trump has made the secular media concerned about marital fidelity for yeah. the first time in how long. Mm -hmm. They're just so concerned that he, uh, you know, he had all these flings. But, you know, the whole essence of Christianity is forgiveness. And yes. uh, if, you know, that's between him and God, but there seems to have been a change in him 10 or 15 years ago. And I believe he's very sincere. Now, do we understand do everything too. he does? No, yeah. we don't. But and uh, does he make us mad? Yes, he does. But we also have to consider the alternative because in our system, it came down to two people, mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. 
And for all of Donald Trump's faults, in my opinion, Hillary was far, far worse. Oh, yeah. Starting with her policies and, of course, the thing she did with her email server, which was, you know, people have gone to jail for doing less than yeah. what she did. And, you know, no one talks about why she did it. The reason that they had a personal server was to hide criminal activity like that hundred and forty million dollars that came in as a donation from the go-between company that America sold 20 percent of our uranium capacity uh, ostensibly to a Canadian company, but ultimately to Vladimir Putin. You're right. And, you know, that has that's not finished yet. You know, something may happen. Uh, I think my personal opinion is that Trump is letting this whole thing with um, Mueller um, play out a little bit like they did with the Kavanaugh hearings. You know, they could have come down hard on the Kavanaugh hearings, but they they let all the questions and the FBI investigations and everything else play out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the right strategy. But well, you know, now Donald Trump a- gets in trouble for, because some of his people had a conversation with the Russian. Mm-hmm. And listen, isn't there's nothing illegal talking to Russians. I've been to Russia five times. I've talked to a lot of Russians. Of course, we weren't colluding about anything. Mm-hmm. But here, the Clintons, um, you know, it wasn't a direct bribe. But when you do a favor and then they pay your husband $500,000 for a 35-minute speech. Mm-hmm. Twice in, in Russia, 13 times overall. Yeah, it, it makes it makes you wonder, and it yeah. it shows that there's a double standard. Mm-hmm. And yes, we need the we need a strong press looking at all these things. But it's like they gave uh, Hillary Clinton a free pass, and in fact, that's what James Comey did. You know, they for her to run, she couldn't be under investigation from the FBI, so he had to basically say it's over. Mm-hmm. Then he said that he was reopening the investigation right before the election. She blames Comey for her mm-hmm. losing. Uh, I personally think that they were so sure that uh, she was going to win that they wanted to look like they were really doing their job as the FBI, looking into all this stuff. They wanted to be able to point to that and say, look, we weren't showing her any favors. And and to make it it old news so it wouldn't be opened up again. That's right. Yeah. Now, you you know, biblically, uh, Trump is King Jehu and Hillary is Jezebel. And God did not need a Boy Scout to go take Jezebel out. He needed a butt kicker. You're right about that. And and uh, Jonathan Kahn, the the uh, rabbi, I love book, him. <laughs> uh, called the paradigm that went into all that stuff, and it's just amazing the parallels in Scripture between uh, Jezebel and Ahab and the Clintons and and. Uh, well, let me ask you this, since you're familiar with it. In in that situation, uh, Jehu gave forgiveness to Jezebel, and here you have Trump saying about the Clintons, oh, I don't think we should investigate because the Clintons are nice people. It, isn't that a parallel, and that should have served as a warning not to do that? I think you're right. Remember, they were friends. You know, they went to Chelsea's wedding. You know, he was just a, a rich New Yorker. Um, he'd been a liberal before he was a conservative. In fact, a lot of us had questions about that, like how would he serve? But I think that he has done um, a great job with the economy. It's booming. Look at the jobless rate. He has done so much in the uh, 
in the minority communities for Hispanics and blacks with, you know, the, yeah, he's doing a lot of great things, but look, we're up against a hard break. Could, would you mind holding over for three or four minutes? Sure. Oh, I really appreciate that. And if you're just joining us, folks, we have Steve Strang, founder of Charisma Magazine. We're discussing his latest book, Trump Aftershock. We'll be right back. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig. Man's World Radio, and we have a Man's World guest. Steve Strang, founder of Charisma Magazine. And, you know, folks, for years and years, I've been saying that we Christians, we need to be toting a set of onions and really speak the word of God without apology. And that's what our guest does. And he's written another book. He wrote a book, uh, God and Donald Trump. And now he has the Trump aftershock. And I highly encourage you all to get this book. And uh, Stephen, thank you again for staying over for another segment here. Well, it's my privilege. And, you know, I wrote this book because of all the things that have happened in his first two years. And there's a lot of stuff about politics, his accomplishments, you know, many, many accomplishments from getting North Korea to the negotiating table to uh, two wonderful Supreme Court picks to a booming economy and lowering um, unemployment rates and so forth. But also a lot of the book is about the spiritual warfare that's going on where Mm -hmm. people have just gone almost insane opposing this president and they oppose him for a lot of the same reasons they oppose to any Christians because he is, uh, he backs Christian values. Now, uh, Robert Jeffress, the pastor of the great first Baptist church in Dallas said he may not be our most religious president, but he is certainly our most pro religion president in terms yes. of standing up uh, religious rights and so forth. But really, there's a spiritual warfare going on that this isn't against Democrat and Republican. It's not even really against left and right. It's really uh, principalities and powers. And in fact, I, I've i even thought that maybe I should have titled it uh, Trump and spiritual warfare. Boy, that would have gotten everybody's attention <laughs> because that is really kind of what it's about. I try to I try to analyze these things from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. and uh, hope that people start to see that really some very diabolical things are going on in mm-hmm. our country. And as I said earlier, Trump is a disruptor. He yeah. he has disrupted the deep state. I mean, look, who would have thought? that the FBI would be all in for one candidate and would oppose another candidate, even using their, the powers of government to do that. I mean, well, that, this is that biblical. Upset yeah, every did, did, doesn't the book of Daniel say this? Yes. The book of Daniel says a lot. The, yeah. So the swamp. Revelation and, and uh, I know. mean, now let me ask you what you mean by principalities. Okay. Because I look at it like, a principality, you know, any city, county, town, state is a principality. And so you talk about the, the, you know, high and heavenly places, powerful people. You know, I look at it like institutions like academia, Hollywood, you know, governments, and then principalities, you know, your, your governments and high heavenly places, churches. Well, you've you raised know, a very important question. I think that the scripture is is saying this, and I firmly believe 
that the spiritual world is every bit as um, real as the world that we can see with our senses. And, you know, from a scientific basis, we sort of understand that there's a lot of things that are real that we can't see. Like, for example, we can't see electricity, but we know that it's real. We can't. How in the world do you type a text to someone and they get it on the other side of the world a few minutes later because of technology? But we accept all that, even though you can't see how it happens. Well, in the spiritual realm, there are things that are going on. The Bible calls them principalities and powers. And it's talking about, you know, like above the earth and the heavens and these things are going on. And the, the uh, scripture is trying to describe it in terms that people can understand. But I know a lot of good Christians that will, that, that know that there's darkness and, and problems in people's lives. And they'll, pray for them for what we call deliverance or mm-hmm. take authority over uh, yeah. you know, maybe the spirit of alcoholism or yeah. the spirit of nicotine. And, and a lot of times people are freed, but you know, those are the easy demons. The, the mean, terrible demons are the ones that control the governments and right. You know, right. what about so, the one that's over North Korea and, and all that's going on there or in Venezuela? I mean, it is, this isn't just America problems but mm-hmm. in our country it has to do with academia and the media and and what we've started calling the deep state which is kind of the unelected government that kind of stays in no matter who wins yeah. the election you're and right kind of pulls all the strings behind the scenes you're right you're right now how's your time looking because i'm up against another hard break i Listen, I'm here as long as you need me. Okay, well, one more segment, I promise. Anyway, folks, if you just join us, we have Steve Strang, uh, founder of Charisma Magazine. We're discussing his latest book, Trump Aftershock, the president's seismic impact on culture and faith in America. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio program, The Really Real Deal. And my special guest is Stephen Strang, the book Trump Aftershock. And folks, you got to get this book. Uh, You can go to Amazon and get it or TrumpAftershock.com. And uh, uh, thank you again uh, for staying over, uh, Steve. Well, you can also get it at Barnes and Noble and many, many uh, bookstores as well. Okay, but, but I appreciate the plug, and I hope people will read it. Not, I didn't write it to make money. I did it because I felt something needed to be said, and part of it is to put things in perspective from a mm-hmm. Christian perspective. But I have a background as a secular journalist, and you know, I wanted to write it in a reasonable way with lots and lots of footnotes, so to document what's going on. And we've not been challenged on any of the mm-hmm. facts that we presented in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you write about, um, I'm, I'm reading this uh, now on the seismic cultural changes, the shifts in the society that actually brought Trump to the office uh, so that he could bring a muscular diplomacy, something that was really needed. And for those Christians that complain about this muscular diplomacy, 
I mean, have they not heard of Elijah, Nehemiah, David, Moses? I mean, what's wrong with folks? Well, people don't think clearly, and, and sadly, a lot of people don't know the Bible like you do. We call it Bible illiteracy, even a lot of people in the church. You know, they just like feel-good sermons. They don't really know the Scripture. They don't really understand. the. the they haven't been taught. And so I think that's why there are so many parachurch ministries is because so many local churches don't really teach the word like they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you just said you've been a um, a secular journalist for many years. I was reading in your bio that you have interviewed four presidents and today is President's Day. <laughs> you you want to share a little bit of that? Because I'll well, look. I was just spanking a bunch of presidents before you came on. I've been spanking them for the last hour and a half. <laughs> well, I was able to interview George H.W. Bush in a in a group setting, uh, you know, way back when. And then George H.W. Bush invited six Christian journalists to interview him in kind of a, like a very small press conference. We had about 30 or 45 minutes. Uh, that was a very interesting experience. I have a lot of uh, admiration for George W. Bush. In fact, uh, I had the privilege of publishing a book called The Faith of George W. Bush, which was a New York Times bestseller. With President Obama, I actually uh, met him during the campaign. There were about 40 Christian leaders that included everyone from uh, uh, Franklin Graham to T.D. Jakes and a lot of uh, heads of uh, some Protestant denominations. And we were a we met with them for maybe an hour, hour and a half, and mm-hmm. we were able to ask questions. And I, I asked him about abortion. I, I mm-hmm. did it very politely. I, exp- I asked him to explain his view of abortion. Good for you. And then with uh, Donald Trump, I also interviewed him during the campaign. I got 10 minutes with him. I was ready to go. I got, uh, in fact, the interview is uh, transcribed and is in the first book, God and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was very interesting to me that, uh, you know, usually when you're with these really important people, they're kind of glancing at their watch, you know, wondering what's on their agenda next. But mm-hmm. for those 10 minutes, Donald Trump was respectful. I had his full attention and he gave me good answers. He was much more soft spoken than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. And uh, almost, like I said, respectful, which which surprised me because, of course, we see him as very brash, and he is brash in many settings. Mm-hmm. I think some of it is uh, because he's got a strategy. He's trying mm-hmm. to get the other side to show their true colors. Or yeah. I mean, even look what he did he's with Jung Un. Yeah, yeah. Where he yeah. called him Little Rocket Man, and, <laughs> and, and what was his strategy to get him to the negotiating table, which worked? You're right. You're right. Now I have to ask this question because, as you, I'm sure you're aware, in my home state of Virginia. You know, we have a uh, an aborticide and infanticide issue with the current governor. And uh, I and a bunch of friends of mine, we gave speeches on the governor's front porch uh, uh, exactly a week ago. Well, a little over a week ago. And uh, and of course, the media uh, attempted to ignore it, even though there were 2000 people out there listening. So what did Obama say? about aborticide, infanticide, uh, did, you know, did he give you a satisfactory answer? Did he skirt it? Did he, you know, was he bold enough to answer it? Well, he did skirt it, and his answer was very 
similar. I read his book, uh, something about his father, and he talked about abortion. He said it's never preferable, and we need to help these poor girls before they have to get abortion. But as it came down to it, you know, he said they have a right to choose. You know, he, but he also knew he was talking to religious leaders, and he, mm-hmm. tried, he tried to kind of soft pedal it. Right. And then we went on to other topics. Nobody uh, else really jumped on it, and, and we mm-hmm. didn't really grill him. You know, it's interesting there in Virginia that this thing came out about a fant- infanticide, which is just almost beyond belief. You know, that the ba- they're going to keep the baby comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, why are you going to keep a baby comfortable if you're going to kill it? Yeah. And they're going to decide, does the mother take him home, or do we execute him, as President Trump said, in the State of the Union. And somebody who was very upset about that and knew and remembered about this yearbook released it the next day to embarrass him. But it's almost like the media is more upset Mm -hmm. about pictures that were in a yearbook 35 years ago than they are about suicide. And, you know, we don't want to we don't want to downplay the the seriousness of what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't think that having a picture in a yearbook, as disgusting as it may be, uh, comes anywhere close to I'm in agreement. human life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the picture didn't bother me, but the babies, they do. Yeah. So anyway, listen, it's been great. And we're up against the break again, but you've been so very generous with your time. I really, really appreciate it. Now, you want to tell folks one last time how to get you and your book. Well, the easiest way is to go to Amazon.com or go to our website, which is the name of the book, TrumpAfterShock.com. There's a trailer. There's all kinds of information. You can order it there. But also, like I said, it's in bookstores and uh, it's widely available. And I hope people will take the time to get the book and to read it. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. And God bless you, too. All right now. Well, all right, folks, we're going to take our final break of the day. We'll be right back. 